Content warning. This episode will include discussions of slavery and anti-Black racism. It will also include information about mental health, including suicide. We all know that sleep is an important part of living a happy and healthy life. But how much do you really know? Most people only consider the effects of sleep when they can't get any. Not enough sleep leaves me in an irritable and crabby state, as I'm sure many of you can relate to. But have you ever considered the long-term effects that this can cause, or the benefits of getting a good night's rest? The effects that sleep can have on your health are truly shocking. Hi, my name is Shannon, and I bring you this episode of This Is Fine, written by Madison McKay, another student at Mount Allison University. Madison chose this topic because she struggled with sleep herself and occasionally suffers from insomnia. These are her words. Missing sleep can show you just how important sleep is for basic functioning, and there are definitely consequences for missing a night of sleep. In Madison's experience, insomnia always left her drained and so frazzled that she couldn't think straight. She once even passed out at a dinner table after missing two nights of sleep in a row. In this podcast, I hope to shine some light on the importance of sleep as I've come to realize this importance myself. Our society seems to no longer see sleep as a vital part of living, but has instead twisted sleep into a reward that must be earned. I can't remember the last time I went to sleep feeling like I deserved to, as all I can focus on is the work that I should be doing instead. Instead of being able to relax into sleep, I stay awake worrying about being more productive. This is not just an issue in my mind. These toxic beliefs surrounding productivity are reinforced by the capitalist society that we live in. So, how exactly can we challenge these negative beliefs about sleep? And more importantly, why should we care? On this episode, I will go over these topics and hopefully change the ideas you have about sleep forever. Why exactly is getting adequate sleep so important? Let's start by discussing some of the effects that sleep can have on your health or, more specifically, the harms that neglecting sleep can cause. What exactly are these harms? Here's what the research has to say about it. According to one review, not getting the recommended 7-9 to hours of sleep at night has been connected to an increased risk of developing heart disease later in life, along with cancer and type 2 diabetes. Sleep deficiencies have also been associated with heightened risks of developing upper respiratory infections, obesity, hypertension, and chronic migraines. These connections often go understated as it is rare to hear that sleep can help you prevent heart problems in the future. Instead, we often hear about other preventative measures such as dieting and getting enough exercise. Studies have shown that sleep is just as important. We need to put an emphasis on the consequences that sleep can have on your health in order to lower the amount of people who develop these conditions later in life. Sleep deprivation also has connections to our psychological state, such as an increased risk for suicide. This extends to moodiness, irritability, risk-taking behavior, and reduced reasoning capacity. These changes have most noticeably been seen in young adulthood. You would think that the consequence of an increased risk of suicide would capture the attention of those who set out to prevent suicide, but this is rarely discussed. Considering the evidence suggesting that less sleep leads to worse health outcomes, it is important to recognize those most affected by these findings. So, who exactly is lacking sleep at night? The answer is more complicated than you would think. Some groups are easy to recognize, students who are overcome with work in early classes, 
nurses who work grueling night shifts, even firefighters who wake at any hour that they are needed. However, the failure to get enough sleep affects those who face the most prejudice in our society. Sleep is stolen from those working minimum wage or multiple jobs and those who are living in poverty. Researchers have also discovered the sleep gap, a term used to describe the unequal amount of sleep obtained between white people and black people in the United States. This gap has also been found between men and women, but not nearly to the same extent. This gap is truly troubling. And not many solutions have been proposed to bridge it. I believe one of the key factors of fixing a problem is bringing attention to it, which is what I hope to do here today. Are sleep and rest a luxury reserved only for the rich? Under capitalism, this essential part of life has become something only attainable through wealth. It sounds a bit strange, but consider this. Those who cannot afford to live under the rising cost of living, who work multiple jobs while trying to raise a family, when do they get to sleep? In our society, sleep is something that people in poverty often cannot afford or access. One study found that those with less education and less income get the least amount of sleep. This only makes sense, unfortunately. Having very little education increases the likelihood of earning lower wages. And if you want to survive under the rising costs of existing, you'll find yourself working more than one low-wage job. Working multiple shifts a day, all while struggling for survival, does not leave a lot of time to get the proper amount of rest. Pair these conditions with trying to raise children, and the time for rest essentially disappears. These circumstances leave the most vulnerable populations in North America susceptible to developing severe health conditions. Sleep becomes another thing that is unaffordable for this group. Capitalism punishes poor people for being poor. It steals their sleep. And through this, it steals their health. Who else has had their sleep stolen from them under our current societal conditions? Next, I'll be discussing the sleep gap seen between men and women. Before comparing how relationships between men and women can lead to women losing sleep, there are some biological factors that account for this effect. First of all, cisgender women experience menstrual periods and menopause, both of which can lead to getting less sleep due to physiological symptoms such as cramping and hot flashes. Women experience more sleep disturbances than men, which also contributes to the sleep gap. Women are more likely to wake up from caregiving activities, such as to comfort a crying baby, even if they have a partner. This gap may be getting smaller, but it still exists. Acknowledging that might help any women listening to this podcast realize that their sleep is just as important as anybody else's. While there's not too much you can do about cramping, you can try to get some sleep equality. Try to reclaim some of that lost sleep tonight. As concerning as the gender gap is, there's also a race gap in sleep, specifically between white people and black people. While there is less research on the racial differences in sleep, Multiple studies have found this gap, regardless of socioeconomic status. When this topic is discussed, one study in particular always seems to be brought into conversation. This particular study selected participants from the multi-ethnic study of atherosclerosis, otherwise known as MESA. This is a pool of 6,000 individuals who have been used in a lot of research and is intended to represent the influence of race and geographical location on health outcomes. As you can see, the study is off to a good, diverse start. Multiple measures were taken to observe the sleeping behaviors of their participants, including sleeping diaries, actigraphy bands, and the use of a polysomnograph. Actigraphy bands are similar to fitness bracelets, but instead of counting steps, they count winks. These are supposed to estimate just how much sleep someone got in a night. A polysomnograph is a much more intense measure of sleep. This machine, which is attached to the sleeping person, measures everything the person does when they sleep. This includes REM sleep, brainwave patterns, breathing, 
and the levels of oxygen in the blood and movements in the legs, chest, and mouth. Pretty intense, but this is one of the most updated measures in sleep research. In the end, in comparison to white people, black people had the smallest amount of sleep and the worst quality sleep. This finding was definitely not a one-off. Other research, such as a study done by a group called the Coronary Artery Risk Development in Young Adults, or CARDIA for short, also presented some concerning findings. Using the same actigraphy bands, they determined that black men, on average, had an hour of sleep less than white men. This gap should be of tremendous concern, given the health consequences from getting inadequate sleep. You might be asking why this gap exists, and to my dismay, there have been no clear answers given in the physiological sleep research. Examining the history of race and racism can give us some clues. The sleep gap is not a new occurrence in America, and it has a dark history rooted in slavery. Slavery, along with racist theories regarding so-called natural differences, which advocated for white supremacy, are the original perpetrators of the sleep gap. Enslaved people were made to sleep in groups, often without beds, where they would be forced to sleep on the ground. Additionally, people who enslaved black people did not allow them to sleep a proper amount, as they had to suffer forced labor. Some were even made to sleep in chains. As black people had no rights in the U.S. at this time, they were not given the right to a proper night of sleep. A lot of notable white people in this time were concocting, and I'm saying this in air quotes, theories, about what made black people different from white people. This, of course, was just nonsense and said with the intention of justifying slavery through white supremacy. One of these theories was proposed by none other than Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson himself claimed that black people, and I quote, require less sleep. Of course, this is all horribly racist garbage. I always find it jarring to be reminded that people who have been so historically celebrated are also terrible racists, mostly because of how little it gets acknowledged by white people. Although discussions around sleep are lacking, there are a few individuals who have made it their life's ambition to create movements for sleep. One of the most outstanding organizations can be found in Atlanta, and it goes by the title of The Nap Ministry. Founded by Trisha Hersey in 2016, this movement advocates for rest as a form of resistance for Black people in particular. I'd like to read a quote from an interview Hersey had with Elemental that I believe captured the essence of this powerful form of resistance. Quote, This is a resistance. This is a protest. You are enough. We are enough. Our worth is not caught up in the grind of capitalism. You are welcome here. Sleep. Rest. Nap. Dream. Thank you for living. Thank you for resting. Thank you for loving. Thank you for resisting. End quote. Inspired by her own life experience, Hersey's nap ministry invites anyone to join their communal nap time. Here, groups of people allow themselves to be in the vulnerable state of sleep with one another. However, this is not where the movement's message lies. The nap ministry is an act of resistance against the idea that naps are to be earned through productivity, which directly resists the capitalistic values that perpetrate these beliefs. This movement wishes to pass along the message that everyone is deserving of a break. Hersey also personally views the Nat Ministry as a form of reparations for slavery, where enslaved Black people had their sleep stolen away from them. This, in combination with their anti-capitalist values, stands against white supremacy in a powerful way by advocating for the rest of Black people who disproportionately get less sleep. I would like to finish this segment on the Nat Ministry with Hersey's own words. Quote, I want wellness to be normative for Black people. We need rest the most, end quote. So 
Let's talk about your sleep attitudes. I want you to think deeply about your attitudes about sleep and the ways in which you experience sleep on a nightly basis. Do you ever feel that you're undeserving of sleep or feel immense guilt after getting a little shut-eye? Or have you ever bragged about how you only got a few hours in due to how much work you were doing? These are harmful beliefs that have seeped into our consciousness through the values of capitalism, which, frankly, doesn't value sleep unless you're rich and on vacation. Sleep is not something that you should have to earn or something that you should feel badly about. Sleep is so much more than what we have been told to believe. It is not only an essential part of staying healthy and maintaining mental health, but it can be a powerful part of your life that has been stolen from you. Take it back. You've earned it just by existing. Sleep is a human right, and capitalism has tricked us into thinking it is a selfish or lazy indulgence. I've heard too many students brag about pulling an all-nighter, when instead this should be a sign that they could use some help and a nap. I've definitely been there myself. As a young adult who works multiple jobs in the summer, pulling three close open shifts in a row is something I wouldn't wish on anybody. So I'm begging you to confront your own negative beliefs about sleep and realize that you deserve a long, guilt-free seven to nine hours every single night. In addition to sleep, taking some time to rest is also critical. Even if you get a full eight hours of sleep, if you are on the go nonstop the other 16 hours of your day, that's not ideal either. We need rest. We deserve rest. We need to prioritize rest. The pressure to always be productive is going to be the death of us. To wrap up this tough topic, I thought I'd end on a good note. The benefits associated with sleep. This one goes out to any students who are about to write their exams or anyone who's trying to learn something as fast as possible. Sleep and learning go hand in hand. So as tempting as an all-nighter right before a test seems, you might want to hear me out first. Studies have shown that sleep can improve our ability to retain information and improve grades on tests. One study explored this effect by having two groups of participants study the same list of French word translations. Twelve hours later, they were given a second learning session and were tested on the translation six months later. Only one group got a night of sleep after the first session, and they were able to relearn the material much faster than the first group. They even did much better on the testing later on. There are so many studies that show the benefits of sleep on memory and attention. This is definitely something to think about when exams come around, as sleep allows our brains to absorb the material we're trying to cram into it. So for this reason and many more, please ditch the pressure to stay up all night and study. Chances are you'll do your best if you sleep on it. Well, my time is up, but I sincerely hope you learned something from this podcast today. Something that might even change your life. There's so much more to talk about when it comes to sleep, like its effect on our immune system, emotions, and physical growth. Today I covered the sleep gap, the health consequences from sleep deprivation, and the way that capitalism has come to shape the ways in which we perceive and receive sleep. Most importantly, we discussed why sleep should not be treated as something that you should earn or feel guilty about. Sleep is natural, healthy, and a huge part of self-care. If I had to pick one big takeaway from this episode, I'd say that it's to start treating yourself better and reject negative beliefs about sleep. They're doing nothing but harm. Also, if you're interested, I highly recommend checking out the Nap Ministries website. They are currently hosting online group naps due to the pandemic, along with conversations about rest and other sleep-related topics. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and try to get your seven to nine hours tonight. This is Fine, a podcast about stress, burnout, and resilience, was created by students at Mount Allison University. The students created each episode as part of a fourth-year psychology class called Stress, Burnout, and Resilience, taught by me, 
Dr. Lisa Dawn Hamilton. There's a link in the show notes to access the full script with references. You can also go to mta.ca slash psychology and click on the This Is Fine podcast link. Episodes were recorded at the CHMA studios in Sackville, New Brunswick, or over the internet when that wasn't possible. Script assistance, podcast basics, and training were provided by Matt Tunnicliffe. Music and audio production by Jeremy Dahl at palebluedotstudios. Thanks for listening and for supporting these students' foray into the world of podcasting.